Section 13 of G. K. Chesterton in America, A Catholic Review of the Week. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Greg Giordano. G. K. Chesterton in America. A Catholic Review of the Week by G. K. Chesterton The Question of Mary and Happy In the dark house of infancy, I can still darkly trace the outline of an aged member of my family, more than one of whose phrases have lingered in the later generations. In his creed and atmosphere, he was what I should call puritan he was one of the last of the old wesleyans and one of the first of the new total abstainers but because he belonged to the old england rather than the new there was a certain hardiness in his prejudices and preferences one of the things against which puritan that he was he had a hearty prejudice was the salutation happy christmas in his youth he said it was always a merry christmas and with one foot in the grave he considered it an impertinence to suggest that he was not still in his youth if he had lived long enough he might have seen the noble ideal of merriment even lower than the comparatively vulgar ideal of happiness the sects or heresies since his time do not make or buy or send christmas cards at all but how horrible they would be if they could be sent the theosophists as their name implies would wish us a wise christmas the pessimists between arabesques of holly and mistletoe would wish us a resigned christmas the supermen an unlucky little puritan sect would wish us all a strong christmas but then the supermen are by their nature incapable of corporate action and their tall tempestuous card full of tritons and water spouts would never be printed at all on the whole i range myself on the side of my faintly remembered forebear i am on the side of merry against happy at any rate I am very certain about one thing. Some persons, for some reasons, did call ancient England Merry England. No person, for any reason, has ever dared to call modern England Happy England. Moreover, the word happy may imply to an infinite number of levels or platforms above that of pure despair. The word Merry cannot be used by any people except the people in a certain pacific temperature of high spirits we may talk of people being negatively happy nobody could talk of people being negatively merry merriment is a positive victory and like most positive victories it is rare on this as on most other subjects the cynic is wrong and the cynic is most wrong when he is really a wit. One cynic, who is certainly a wit, said, Be good, and you will be happy, but you will not have a jolly time. 
This epigram has every intellectual merit except truth, for, curiously enough, it is the exact opposite of the truth. The psychological truth of the matter is something like this. Be good, and you will be unhappy, but you will always be capable of having a jolly time. Even if you have had a miserable year, you may still have a merry Christmas. Merry, not happy. Satisfied and secure happiness does not come to him that has taken up his cross or taken up his common day's work. Satisfied and secure happiness comes to him who has taken up his neighbor's landmark, to him who has taken bribes, to him who has taken drugs, most of all, perhaps, to him who has taken his own life. Solid, stolid happiness is a morbid symptom. It means paralysis or death, or a philosophy that is worse than death. In such cases, the power to be happy may mean nothing more than the incapacity to be unhappy. Indeed, it will generally be found that the impotence for tears goes along with the impotence for laughter. But Merry Christmas is quite a different question. The power of expressing not negative happiness, but positive hilarity, that is the thing which we all know when we see it or even when we hear it half a mile down the road. It is this power of rising into the seventh heaven of mere temper, the moment a strain is relaxed, of being cut loose like a captive balloon, or springing skyward like a released rocket. That is really the reward of virtue. It is not the power of saying, Let us feast, for tomorrow we die. It is the power of saying, Let us fast, for tomorrow we feast. This is the true meaning of that concentration on special days, on special seasons of rejoicing, which has always marked not only the highest, but the most high-spirited societies. This is what has especially marked our own Christian European society. Our joy of life has always risen into peaks and towers and turrets, into superhuman exceptions, exceptions which really prove the rule. Our art has always been religious art, in the literal sense of being restricted and dedicated. Our poetry has always been occasional poetry, in the true sense of being written for an occasion. That is why A Merry Christmas was the right inscription, and A Happy Christmas was the beginning of our decadence. The phrase happy, in that connection, was no more than any good man should wish another for any day of his life. To tell everyone to be happy might be to make oneself responsible for a utopia, a light enterprise. But to tell everyone to be merry is to make oneself responsible for a Saturnalia, a sacred responsibility only to be undertaken once a year. End of section 13. Read by Greg Giordano. Newport Ritchie, Florida.